0: in the house of the lord isn't it Amen. all right <clears throat> sorry I didn't mean to do that right in the speaker <clears throat> oh we still got some coming in i got my sign on as you see because joanne and i were up up front giving out the tickets to the ladies that signed up for the priscilla shriver schreier women's conference so if you haven't picked yours up Please see us um, after the service, and we'll give it to you. We've got to find out who's riding in the van and who's not. So all of us wild and crazies will be in the van. And um, <clears throat> so don't forget that on your way out. They're, um, they're having the Bridges of Recovery uh dinner tomorrow the fundraising dinner the tickets are sold out but you can still give if you if you have a heart to and uh, by the on www.smile.amazon.com so we're excited about that i know the everybody's been working hard to to put that dinner on so that's exciting can't wait to go there now also women's ministry we like food and women don't like to cook all that much in the summer heat so we're having a salad supper we're going to have so many salads we're going to have macaroni salad toss salad you name it salad we're going to have it we're just going to have it all together and have some good fellowship nothing fancy but just have a good time so put that on your calendar for august um <clears throat> let's see we got lots of prayer requests today if we're good, our local mission focus is the New Horizon pastor. Hmm. What's, um, I think his name's Chris. And the search team for the associate pastor. And we got our local school we like to pray for because, you know, it's, uh, it's a kingdom thing. We're praying for our community um, Jellicoe High School. Our local church is Elm Grove Baptist Church. Local business, Smith Ace Hardware missionary focus Derek and Amanda going to Brazil they got their tickets they're heading out I think July 15th so all the visa work's done so they're excited church planner Bruce hmm how you say that croak croc
1: hmm.
0: croak is it really <laughs> oh you're so bad okay <clears throat> Uh, the feud leaders and the campers—they need some R and R. Phew, that was a lots of energy expended during that trip. So pray for them. Tammy Schaffner's sister recovering from surgery, and Joe Snodderly's family—his his, his very close cousin passed on, went to see Jesus. So Sonny Wilson—he needs that leg healed. We got to get that leg healed for Sonny. So we need to pray for him so he can get some treatments going. So let's um, bow and pray for these things that I mentioned. Oh, thank you, Jesus, for another awesome day. Thank you for the rain. Boy, it has replenished our yards and our vegetable gardens and our trees. Thank you for that. Thank you for the birds and the animals that we get to hear with our ears. We just praise you And these beautiful mountains we get to see every morning. Thank you, Father, for our church, that we are able to come to our church freely and worship you, Father. We just thank you for all those we mentioned, our local missions, um, our local ministries, our um, businesses and churches, Lord. Pray you'll be with them. Give them opportunities to share your gospel with those in the community and I pray uh, safety, and I pray, Lord, that they, every one of the people working in these churches and schools and businesses knows you as the Lord and their Savior of their life, and if they don't, Father, I just pray that you'll just line up people in their life to drop seeds and um, of the gospel in their heart, Lord. I pray for um, the huge leaders and the campers. I pray for them rest. I pray for them... Um, health lord good health The ones that may have gotten sick while they were gone I just pray their bodies will will, um, heal and the the leaders will get some rest and get their energy back lord and I thank you for a good time uh, for these youth that they got to share the love of Jesus with others through their missions father I pray for the Snoddly family and and Sonny and All those, Lord God, that are um, hurting in some way by health or just in the heart, you know, missing people that pass on. You be with them, give them comfort, give them peace, Lord. Pray for Pastor Chris as he gives us the sermon this morning. I thank you for the gift you've given him, that he can share the gospel in such a way that we just soak it up like little sponges, and I, I praise you for that. Thank you, Jesus, for this day and for our church and for our many, many blessings. In the name of Jesus, amen.
2: <clears throat> good morning everyone welcome glad that you're here those that are watching online uh, thank you for watching thank you for praying for us as we at camp this week um, uh, was not was a tough camp but a good camp uh, we'll be baptizing a couple of students but we also seen some growth and some things happening in other ways so we're uh, grateful for that but isn't it good? Man, I just think about week after week, Sunday after Sunday, we get to come together with people who love each other, care for each other, encourage each other. Man, we get to come together. We get to hear from His Word. We get to sing together. We get to respond. I mean, it's just like the greatest time in the world to me, right? When we get to come and have this fellowship. So I'm grateful to be here. Our mission, and I'm glad that you're here. Our mission is to bring glory to God by loving Him the most. By loving each other as He loves us. And by making disciples of all nations. And we believe that we accomplish that through community. We, we believe it starts in here where we have this celebration, this excitement, this encouragement. Man, of what God's doing in our life. But we believe it continues in a small group where you're known and cared for and you continue uh, Bible study. But even in a smaller group where you can share things that you normally wouldn't share and you're held accountable, you're loved, even on a deeper level. And then you have a place where you serve, where it's a place that you're caring for someone else. We believe when you live in that community, God grows us to love Him more. God grows us to love each other as He loves us. And God grows us to make disciples of all nations. At this time, Tabitha is going, Tabitha West is going to lead our children's church. So if you'd like to go to children's church this morning with Miss Tabitha, you can make your way that way through this front door right here, okay? All right. Thank you, Miss Tabitha. All right. All right, bye guys, y'all have a good time, okay? And all the parents know to pick them up in the FLC building, back behind, okay? I know that many of you all got um, a copy of my message. Um, I'm not for sure how much I'm going to stick to what I sent you all. Um, God's just kind of been doing a lot of work and I always fear to that and some of y'all have taken like really really good notes and all of that and stuff but um, we're gonna we're gonna work through this let's begin uh, with prayer father we love you Father, we thank you for this time, and Father, we pray for our student leaders that are resting this morning, taking uh, uh, just, uh, they need a rest this morning for multiple reasons, and I pray that you encourage them. I pray for our students that, Father, are not feeling well. I pray that, Father, you give them encouragement they need and encouragement of their family. God, guide us in your word today, and we love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's ask this first question in in, in Romans 8, verse 31. There's really, there's four questions that Paul asks in these verses. Romans 8, 31 through 39. And it's really the title of today's message is this. What shall we say to these things? Well, what things is he talking about? Well... In the message that I sent out to you who get a copy of my notes, I took us back through chapter 8. But in reality, I want to take us back to chapter 5. And you say, hang on a minute, we spent six weeks in 8, right? We're sixth week. This is our sixth week in chapter 8. And you say, you're going to go back to chapter 5? <laughs> We're never going to get through Romans. No, we'll get there. I just want to remind you of what shall we say to these things? What things is he talking about? And we've got to back up to what he's just said. And so let me remind you, if you look at chapter 5, verse 1, he said we've been, we have peace with God. We were the enemies of God, but now we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. But it didn't stop there. We've obtained access by faith into this grace in which we, ch- in which we stand. The ideal is, is that we have favor from God. We have peace with God. We have favor from God. And then it says that we rejoice in the hope hope of the glory of God, that one day we're going to be with Him and there's not going to be any sin, any brokenness, any sickness, any troubles, any heartaches, any worry, any fear, any guilt. Everything will one day disappear. Can you, I don't think you and I can imagine. I know we can't. We can't because you and I live in a body that's filled with sin, and you and I live in a world that is sinful, and you and I live in a culture that celebrates sin, so how in the world could you and I ever think about a time when we're free from sin, when sin doesn't exist any longer? Only thing I can describe it is think of everything that bothers you that causes you anxiety, that causes you worry, that causes you fear, that causes you trouble, that causes brokenness, that causes everything. Think about it, it'll be gone. It's incredible, it's incredible. And then, but it's not only that, we rejoice in our suffering because our suffering has purpose, it, endure, it, it produces endurance, which means it focuses our life and allows us to run the race and finish. Listen, and all that builds character. We have a hope that in God that's greater. We believe that God will do exactly what He said. And in a time of our trial because of Christ, listen to this, our hope is not diminished when we're going through something difficult. Our hope is increased. If that's not enough, we get down to to verse number 8. And he says, much more shall we be saved from the wrath of God. Because we have peace with God, favor from God, the hope in His glory. Listen, you and I are not going to experience the wrath of God. Would you set that in your heart? That God is not going to ever judge me with His wrath. It's done. It's complete. It's finished. We're in Christ. Not... Take a deep breath. If you're in Christ, you're never going to suffer the wrath of God. If you're in Christ, it's never going to happen. Listen, it doesn't stop there. Look further with me at verse 10. I'm still in chapter 5. For if while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of His Son, much more, much more... Now that we're reconciled, shall we be saved by his life? Would would you get this? Not only did Christ die for us, but listen, he is seated at the right hand of the Father, making intercession for us where he lives for us. See, not only are we escaped from the wrath of God, but we've been brought near to him to stand in a position of favor where he keeps us and where God has a record. He's... Never lost any. God's never lost. We're being kept by Him. These things. What shall we say to these things? Look at verse 15 of chapter 7. For Paul said, For I do not understand my own actions, for I do not do what I want, but I do the very thing I hate. He was in a struggle, right? Why do, I, why do I think these dumb things I think? Why do I have these crazy thoughts? Why do I do these crazy ideals sometimes? Why would I do this? Right? But the reality is what this? What shall we say to these things? Then turn over to chapter 7 at the end of it. What did he say? Who will deliver me, oh wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from the body of death? Thanks be to God through Jesus Christ our Lord. And then chapter number 8, verse number 1 says what? There is now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. No, none, zero, zilch, no condemnation. You say, but Paul said, man, but I do the things I hate. No condemnation. You don't know what I thought today. No condemnation. You don't know what I did this week. No condemnation. If you're in Christ Jesus, no condemnation. For those who are in Christ Jesus. Now listen, for those who are not in Christ Jesus, that's a whole different message. That's not Romans 8. Romans 8 is for those who are in Christ Jesus. We've got to apply it to who it's to. It's to those who are in Christ Jesus. No condemnation. Now, look further with me at verses 14 and 15 of Romans 8. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are the sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you've received the spirit of adoption from whom we cry, Abba, Father. The idea, I want you to get this, is that you and I are adopted, loved by a Father, and welcomed into His presence. What shall we say to these things? See, all that God's doing, what should we say to these things? Not only do we have that, we have security from the Father. We have security from the Father that, man, we don't have to ever fall back into fear. Never want, listen to me, if you're in Christ Jesus and you failed this week, you get back up and run to Him because He loves you and there's forgiveness that's already been established at the cross for you. You see, when you and I do not believe that, you and I want to go the opposite way of God. But when you and I believe we have true forgiveness because of the cross of Calvary, you and I can run back to the Father every single time. Father, I need you. I need you. Listen. So, so we had this security, but we not also, we had this security, we had this intimacy. We cry, Abba, Father. Man, we're, listen, God didn't just say, okay, I, I, I'm going to save those guys. I'm going to keep them from the wrath of God. No, he brought us into personal relationship with him the way that I have with my son Chandler, with my son Kobe, with my daughter Michaela. He brought me into personal, and my daughter Raylan, and my granddaughter Brentley. Brindley will be here soon. I got a book about grandparenting today. (laughs) I am getting so ready for this. Do you understand that relationship? That's how personal it is. I feel that very personally with my son and daughter-in-law and my son in Jefferson City, my daughter in Chattanooga, and my grandbaby to come. I'm feeling very personal to her. And that's what's going on with the Father. The Father, we're intimate with Him. It's a very personal relationship with Him. But it's not only the intimacy, not only the security, but it is the assurance. That the Spirit of God Himself bears witness in our spirit. He lets us know on the inside we belong to Him. It's that we're heirs. Remember what I said about the heirs? Remember what we learned through this? When we get to heaven, it will be like each one of us got more than everybody else. Because we're all considered that firstborn status. It's going to be incredible, isn't it? Me and Larry will be in an argument. I got more than you did, Larry. No, you didn't. You ain't seen mine. I got more than you did, Larry. No, you didn't. You ain't seen mine. Larry, I know what you was here. (laughs) I got more than you. (laughs) But you know, but but the deal is, it's not based on you and me. It's based on Jesus Christ. That's why it's going to feel like we got more than everybody else. Because he's the firstborn, and he's the perfect one, and he's sharing it with us what shall we say to these things wow it's almost incredible isn't it it's almost hard to believe but then if you went on it's not only that but it's the the sufferings of this world should not be compared and I give us three things three reasons why that you and I can face tomorrow because that future of the hope of glory that's going to be outstanding they're going to be something you and I can't even imagine how good it's going to be Second reason is is because, man, we've got a prayer partner in the Spirit of God. When we don't know what to pray or how to pray or can't pray, He prays. And He not only knows us because He's in us and He knows our heart our, but He knows the will of the Father. <laughs> I take such comfort in that. God, listen, when I ain't praying right, let the Spirit fix it for me. <laughs> I might be selfish in my prayers. I might not be right in my prayers. You fix my prayers for me before they get there. You translate them to the Father according to His will. And then, not only that, but what are these, what shall we say to these things? All things work together for good. All things. The good things, the bad things, the failure things. All things work together for good. Only... Only a father in heaven can be so perfect that he can thread his purpose through our failures for his glory and our good. Only a father in heaven can be that good. All things were together for our good. Remember what the good is though? The good is that you and I are becoming like Jesus. The good is that you and I are having character like his. We get to be like the family of God. We get to be like him. I don't know whether you all know this or not. But Jesus, when he walked on this earth, was like super popular. Now, there were some people who hated him. But there's thousands of people hanging around Jesus because he was the coolest dude on earth. There ain't no question about it. He was awesome. I mean... Who else can feed 5,000 with a few fish and loaves? Who else walks on water? Who else does these things? Who else heals the blind, turns the water into wine? Who else does these things? I don't know, but whoever if he was here today, I'd want to hang out with him. All right? He's awesome. Right? Now, all things together for our good so that we can be like him in his character. Before I move f- from this, would you consider this with me? You've heard me say this before, and I'm going to say it again and remind you. Jesus only described Himself one way. And He only described Himself one time. Do you all remember how He described Himself? One time, one way. To Matthew eleven twenty eight. It's in it's a it's a it's a verse that you and I quote and know by heart, but we skip over the part where Jesus said, This is what I am. He said, All you who are weary, wore out, and tired labor laboring, heavy laden, take my yoke upon you, find rest. Come to me. All you that are looking for rest, learn of me, try me. And this is what he said. For I am gentle and lowly. It's the only way and the only time Jesus ever described himself. So you know what Jesus is saying? Will you ask yourself I this is what this is what I've been asking myself this week at camp. Chris, are you gentle? Chris, are you being gentle? Well, he gave me a lot of opportunities to be gentle, and I wasn't always gentle. And I can tell you this: that what God was working on in my heart and my life was He is conforming my character, so I can be gentle. Because to be like Jesus is going to be gentle and kind and good. Whew, I got to get to this message. I'm trying. I, is it not a ama- mate? I'm not there. Look. And then when we got to last week's verses, I'm going to try to get there. You remember the chain last week? Remember the one link in the middle is the one that you and I know about. It's the one where we heard the gospel for the first time. It's where, Or maybe we heard it for the tenth time. Maybe we heard it for the hundredth time or the thousandth time. But it's the time that woke us up. And it was like, oh I get it. I get what Jesus did for me. It's that time when we were called and we received him as our Savior. And that is what you and I know. But what the Scripture teaches us is that we can look up this way to the chain and the first link says this, that you were foreknew, that God set His love on you. Man, before you were formed in the womb, this is what I've been believing and thanking God for with Brinley. I've been thanking God that He set His love on her and that He's been forming her and knitting her in the womb. And that, listen, I want you to think about this. He predetermined her to time and place so that I would get to be her papa. She could have been born at any other time to anybody else. But he chose her to be born to Chandler and Raylan so I get to be her papa in 2022. Man, that's a good God. He doesn't just foreknow us and set his love on us. He 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 predetermines that we're going to be like his son. And the space and a time that we're going to be born in. And then we can go down to the right of the chain and know that, man, if I'm called, then I'm justified. Meaning that every legal thing that was against me, every legal law that I broke, everything that God could condemn me with has been wiped away. And justified means one more thing. Not only is it wiped away, but justified also means that He has given us all of His obedience. God. Can you believe that we're going, I can't, I know me. And I'm going to stand before God one day and he's going to say, come on in, good and faithful servant. I'm going to say, you must be telling the person behind me. I "I know what my thoughts have been, and I know what my actions have been, and I know what my motives have been at times, and it ain't been good, God. I don't know that I could consider myself faithful. And he said, yeah, you wouldn't, but the one that you're in, he was. You come on in because Jesus was faithful. You come on in because Jesus was perfect. You come on in because he was completely obedient. This ain't about you, this is about my son. Get in Him and come on in. We justify. Not only we justify, but the last one we're glorified. I already talked about that time when we're going to be completely without sin. Man. Guys, what shall we say to these things? What shall we say to these things? Does it almost feel too good to be true? It's not. Man, it is true. It is right. Let's look now. What shall we say to these things? Look at what he says in verse, in, in verse 31. If God is for us, who can be against us? Now, I want to take this a little different direction. And God kind of dealt with my heart on this kind of late last night and this morning. And then in our group. What shall we say to these things? If God is for us, all of these things have said what? That God is for us. Who can be against us? He uses four questions. Who can be against us? Could be one of the questions. Would make five questions actually. If God is for us, who could be against us? He uses the word who in these questions. And this is what I want to do this morning. As we continue to walk through this passage, will you stop? Thinking about somebody outside of you that's against you? Would you stop thinking about... I don't want you to think about somebody that's outside of you that's against you. I don't want you to think about somebody that's outside of you that would lay a charge at you. I I don't want you to think about somebody outside of you that would condemn you. Because this is where God took me to this morning is... You and I don't need anybody outside of us to do those things because you and I do these things ourselves. You and I are the ones that sometimes are against ourselves. You and I say, God, but look what I've done. You can't be for me. God, you know what's happened. You can't be for me. There's no way you can be for me. You know the mistakes I've made in my life. You can't be for me. And you and I, in our mind, and in in, in our judgmental, we condemn and convict and bring this on ourselves and say, God, there's no way that you can be that for me. Do you remember back in chapter 5 back in chapter 5 you remember we learned that we have peace with God and that we have this position of favor where we have access to stand in the grace of God and that we have hope of the glory of God and, and it seems like man how could this be And in verse 5 he says, And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. So so he says, the evidence that you have peace with God, the evidence that you have favor from God, the evidence that you have the hope of the glory of God is the Spirit of God's love. You just feel loved. You just feel it. It's just like, I can't believe, God, how much you love me. You ever had just one of those moments where it's just like, God, you loved me this morning in a way I couldn't believe it. You just filled me. You had those moments. But you also had those moments where it was like, God, would you just let me feel you? Because I can't feel nothing right now. Watch this, what he said. Paul was genius in this. Paul was saying, you're going to have moments when you're going to feel it, but when you don't feel it, look at verse 6 of chapter 5. For while we were still weak, at the right time, Christ died. For the when you Paul was so genius. Paul knew that there's times when you're not going to feel like God loves you. You're not going to feel like God is for you. You're not going to feel it. But when you are having those moments when you don't feel it, you need only look to the cross. The cross says it all. The cross says it is done. It is finished. Now, this is exactly what he does in chapter 8. He does the same thing. Watch with me. Chapter 8. If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all. But gave him up for us all. Would you, do you see what Paul did? Maybe this morning you come in here and you thought, I don't feel like God's for me this morning. I don't feel like He's for me. Because we don't always feel that way. Matter of fact, there are times when we feel like God's flat out against us. But Paul said, when you're feeling that, don't believe those feelings. Don't believe those feelings. Only look to the cross. If I didn't spare my own son. If I didn't spare my own son. Why would I not give you all things freely? Wow. This is what I had to learn at camp this week. About feelings. In the moment. Our circumstances are never. As bad as our feelings say they are. In our circumstances, our feelings, listen, our circumstances are never as bad as our feelings say they are. I'll tell you, I had some moments at camp this week that I thought the Lord was coming back and I wasn't ready. It felt really bad. (laughs) It just, the feelings were overwhelmingly just, it just felt, this is bad. But it didn't take just a moment outside of that to get a hold and realize my feelings don't always measure things correctly. My feelings had to get in line. With what the truth was. Now was it bad? My feelings are not liars. They're just exaggerators. <laughs> they're not liars. They just exaggerate. <laughs> okay? And that's what was going on. And it just took a little while to get through that. But do you see that? Now I want you to see this one thing. He did not spare His own Son, but He gave, us a, he gave Him up for us all. How will he not also give him graciously, graciously give us all things? Stay with me just a moment. Because if you and I are not careful, we're going to make things out to be something I don't think Paul's talking about here. If we're not careful, we're going to make things to be stuff that decays, rots, rusts, and is gone. What did we start this message with? What shall we say to these things? And we talked about a whole list of things from Romans 5 all the way through the end of Romans 8. And they were, these things just sum them up. Man, they're peace with God, favor from God. Hope in the glory of God. They are foreknowledge, predestined. Called, justified, glorified. They are all these things welcomed, loved, and adopted. They are all these things I'm chosen. I have security. I have assurance. I have intimacy with a father. I have inheritance. I have family likeness. They are all these things. This is what God's do- God is saying. You're questioning if I'm for you. You're questioning you if I'm giving you these things. But if I gave you my son, why would I not give you all these things? Now you say to me, but pastor, and I know every one of us sitting in this room today will say, man, I know. But I know good and well that I also have some things right now that I wouldn't have if God didn't do it. I get that. But can I remind you where Paul's at when he's writing this letter? Can I remind you that Paul's in house arrest? Can I remind you that Paul doesn't own a home, a car, or have a bank account? Can I remind you that he doesn't have a boat, a houseboat, or anything else? Can I remind you, nothing does Paul have when he's writing this letter. But he has everything. That's the deal. He has, that's the the key with a Christian life. We can lose all that we have, but have everything because we have Christ. Now let's continue to look at these questions that Paul asks verse number 33 who shall bring charge against god's elect it is god who justifies remember what i want us to do with this passage in different than i've ever done it before who is us See, I I, want to do this. It may may refer to other things, but I think a big part of this is us. Because nobody is harder on ourselves than we are. Who brings a charge against you? Who can, who, if all of this is true, who shall bring a, How can you say, but God, I'm not worthy? How can we say to ourselves, but God, I can't? How can you say to yourself that if all these true things that God has said is true from Romans 5 to Romans 8, how can you and I lay a charge and say, God, I don't think I'm worthy? I think I've got issues. I think I've got problems. When actually it is God who justifies, not you and I. See, you and I have no ability to justify ourselves, but God justifies. God makes it right. Listen, there's no appeals court, supreme court, supreme court judge, there's no lawyer system. There's nothing that can overthrow what God has made a decision about. We understand that. Nothing. And God has said, you are justified. If God justifies, you're there. Let's continue. Let's continue. Look at verse 34. It's the third question. Who is to condemn? This is the deal. Christ Jesus is the one who died more than that. More than that, he was raised, who sit at the right hand of God, who indeed is interceding for us who is who who can condemn how can we condemn ourselves how can you and i fall this week and then say god can't forgive me God can't do it god won't do it god don't love me god he won't do it this time he's done it before but i've been here before god can't he won't do it again listen this is what we don't understand for new predestined called, justified, glorified, all past tense. And it was all written before you and I were even thought about. Mm, By our parents, but not by God. Do you understand that? It's done. It's finished. He is saying to us, you are justified. There's no one. Stop condemning yourself. Matter of fact, think about it this way. It's a little bit of a form of pride to put yourself in spiritual prison. Understanding that you're in Christ. Because what you're saying is what His work was was not good enough for your sin because your sin's better than His works. It's a form of pride. Humble yourselves before God. And say, man, He has done it for me. And nobody can change that. Now, look at the next question, verse 35. This question s- settles them all. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? This is the question for all. This is what we all want to be. The, what shall we say to these things? And the question, the last question he asks, is, what shall separate us from the love of Christ? Well... Look at what he says. He says, Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? Well, as it was pointed out in our Sunday school class this morning, first of all, we got to recognize that those things are pretty negative. And if he's saying, Who shall separate us from the love of Christ. Uh, we might go through those things. Everybody take a deep breath. We might go through those things. Tribulation, distress, persecution. Matter of fact, we're going to go through some of these things. We just may not go through all of them. But we may face some of these things, famine and nakedness. And, and I think it's fair for me to address the nakedness because some people say, well, what in the world has nakedness got to do with it? Well, in, in a time and a frame when slavery was a big deal, this is what I believe, and I'm not Paul, so I didn't write this, so I don't know what was in his mind. But the only thing that makes sense to me is that whenever slaves were bought and sold and moved from one area to another, they were done it as naked, they were never clothed. They were sold naked. They were carried. When, it, when Assyria tr- took, captured Israel and led them into captivity, they led them into captivity naked. It's how slaves were handled. We may be, we may endure some of those things. But at the end of the day, what? Shall these separate us from the love of Christ? As it is written, for your sake, we are being killed all the day long. We are regarded as sheep to be slaughtered. Verse 37, no, in all these things, watch this, in all these things, we are more. We are more than conquerors. One translation says, we're overwhelmingly conquered. No, no, absolutely not. Get, Get this overwhelmingly conquered. I'm not talking about. I'm not talking about Russia going into Ukraine and Ukraine fighting to hold their ground and this thing going on for months and some people think it's going to go on for years. No, overwhelmingly conquered means you did it with ease. Christ conquered all of these things with ease. We are more than that. We are more than that. Listen to what he says now. We're more than that. He says... No, in all things we are more than conquerors through him who, what? Through him, through him, through him who loved us, right? For I am sure that neither death nor life, things in this life, will not separate us from the love of Christ. Angels or rulers will not separate us. The spiritual world will not separate us from the love of Christ. Things present or things to come, space, time, will not separate us from the love of Christ. Powers, things that are against God, will not separate us from the love of Christ. Nor height, nor depth. Space will not separate us from the love of God. Nor anything else in all of creation. Nothing. He said, figure it out. If there's something I've not thought about, there's nothing that can separate us from the love of Christ. Nothing. Nothing, nothing, nothing. That is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Would you think about this with me? This quote, is, and I'm finished, a quote by Martin Lloyd-Jones. And I'm done. What Paul is asking us to do in these verses is to think logically. Are you afraid? You aren't thinking. Are you worried? You aren't thinking. Are you feeling guilty? You aren't thinking. Think logically. See, the logic of free grace and justification, they are not doctrines, they are life. If you are not living with overwhelming assurance and power, you have not understood them. Read them over and over. What do we say to these things? Logically, Paul has written out and said to us, you cannot be separated from the love of Christ. You cannot. He has set his love on us. Now, I loved what Alyssa said in small group. Alyssa said this, If you're feeling worried, if you're afraid, or you're feeling guilty, and you're in Christ, it ought to be the sign in our lives that we're not thinking logically. We are not thinking logically. And when we're not thinking logically, so if our mind, if we can train our mind to say, okay, I'm worried right now and, and I'm having these feelings and they're overwhelming and it feels like the end's coming and I'm not ready, you know, when it feels really bad. Okay, my feelings are exaggerating. I'm not thinking logically about who I am in Christ. Let me think logically, Lord. Remind me of those truths. Will the worship team come? And I've, I'm going to ask the... I'm to ask the musicians, if you all would, to just play quietly this morning for just a few minutes because I want to read verses 18 through 39. I just want to read these verses together as they play quietly this morning before we begin our time of worship we're thinking logically we're thinking about who we are in Christ this is how he starts for I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed in us And not only the creation, but we ourselves who have the first fruits of the Spirit grown inwardly as we wait eagerly the adoption of Son, the adoption of our bodies. For in this we hope we were saved, in this hope we were saved. Now hope that is seen is not hope, for who hopes for what he sees? But if we hope for what we do not see, we wait for it with patience. And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good. For those who are called according to His purpose. For those whom He foreknew, He set His love on. Those He predestined to be conformed to the image of His Son. In order that He might be the firstborn among many brothers. Those whom he predestined, he also called. Those whom he called, he justified. Those whom he justified, he glorified. What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also give him graciously, give, with him, graciously give us all things? Who shall bring any charge against God's elect? Not somebody else and not myself. It is God who justifies. Who is to condemn? Not me or somebody else. Christ Jesus is the one who died. More than that, who is raised and is at the right hand of God, who indeed is interceding for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress, persecution or famine, nakedness, the danger or sword? nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all of creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Church, you, listen, we are safe and secure in Him. Complete in Him. Cannot be changed. Let's stand and let's worship.
1: If I were you, I would have given up on me by now I would have labeled me a lost cause Cause I feel like I'm a lost cause If I were you, I would have turned around and walked away I would have labeled me beyond repair Cause I feel like I'm beyond repair oh but somehow you don't see me like i do somehow you're still here you're the god who stays you're the god who stays you're the one who runs in my direction when the whole world walks away you're the god who stays with one You Tell me nothing I have ever done Could separate my heart from the God who stays I used to hide Every time I thought I'd let you down Always thought I had to earn my way But I'm learning you don't work that way Oh, but somehow you don't see me like I do somehow you're still here you're the God who stays you're the God who stays you're the one who runs in my direction when the whole world walks away you're the God who stands with wide open and you tell me nothing I have ever done could separate my heart from the God who stays my shame can't separate my guilt can't separate my past can't separate I'm yours. Can't separate my failures. Can't separate, I'm yours forever. No enemy can separate, no powerful can take away your love for me. Will never change, I'm yours forever. Because you're the God stays you're the god who stays you're the one who runs in my direction when the whole world walks away you're the god who stands with wide open arms and you tell me nothing i have ever done could separate my heart from the God who stays you're the God who stays you're the one who runs in my direction when the whole world walks away you're the God who stands with wide open arms and you tell me nothing I have ever done could separate my heart from the God who stayed. Rejoice, all the earth rejoices, he wraps himself in light, and darkness tries to hide, and trembles at his voice, trembles at his voice.
2: as we take communion, you know, and we take communion every week. And may it not become a tradition. And may it not become a ritual. And may it not become a work. But may it become a time of response. And a time of remembrance. And a time of proclamation to our Savior. To say, what shall we say to these things? What should we say to those things? The story of the ten lepers answers that for us. He healed all ten of those lepers. And only one come back. Only one come back, having, having had a life that they couldn't go into the community, that they couldn't, they couldn't do anything else. They couldn't be with their families. They couldn't have community life. They were singled out, isolated, ostracized. And Jesus turned it completely upside down and gave them a life that was unbelievable, ten of them. But one of them came back. And you know what he came back to do? Give thanks. Father, he come back to Jesus to say thank you. I want to believe and I do believe that the other 9 were thankful in their hearts. Their life had been radically changed. I have to believe they were thankful. But the reality is, is they didn't show thanks. When you and I take communion this morning, when you and I sing this song aloud this morning, when you and I lift can we show thanks to a great God who paid a great price for us this morning? So as you take communion, will you do it in thanksgiving this morning? Amen. Come on.
1: Some glad morning When this life is over
2: Guys, I love you. And listen, I've been with students all week in camp, and we've got a few students sick, so I want you to know that I love you with a great big hug and a kiss and a shake of the hand, but I'm not going to join you out front. I'm going to let you go and enjoy your day, okay? Guys, I love you. Have a good day.